MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to VEASAN Long Shots. This is the Players' Championship edition. It's Matt Brown, it's Kelly Bidlin, it's Wes Reynolds. We are going to run through all of our outright picks, any placement market bets, any matchups, and any other thoughts that we have on this tournament. Guys we like, maybe that didn't quite make the card. Guys that were fading for whatever reason it might be. Guys, everything we do on this podcast, absolutely free. And so if you do want to give us a token of your appreciation also absolutely free to you just hit the little pause button go down five stars a little quick review a little quick rating that'd be awesome we really do appreciate everything here so we are uh if you want a, a review of what we thought about this past week we did a podcast yesterday you can go in big long actual uh podcast about the not only reviewing there but the, the changes are going to be made to the pga tour as well so be sure and go in and take a look at all of that. Wes Reynolds is here with me. Kelly Bidlin is here with me. Guys, real quick, uh, Wes, I'll, I'll start with you. And, you know, of course, your your full preview over on vsin.com. So, of course, go on. We got free previews for that, guys. So, go ahead and, and take advantage of that. But, Wes, uh, as you started to put together your, your preview here, you looked at this course. We're heading over. This is at least a, a course where we do have a lot of, of data on, you know, this played at the same course every year and all of that. So we do have some guys that have course history here, but as we talked a little bit about yesterday on the Monday pod, if people didn't get to hear that one, course history isn't necessarily the greatest thing here because while people have had success, there's also been a lot of people who uh, have had mixed bags of success as well. So uh, miscuts abound whenever we start to look at the course history here. Yeah, and if you've been watching the advertisements that have been promoting this player's championship, it's the Run DMC song, It's Tricky, and it's appropriate here. <laughs> it's very it's very appropriate here because the fact that this is kind of a tricky course, this is not a course where if you look at a form sheet, you're going to see – Okay, 8th in 2022, 17th in 2021, 20th in 20. You're not going to see very many of that. You're going to see, okay, first Mm. and then miscut, 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 47th. (laughs) You're going to see like really erratic form, I I think, in this event. So this is not what you would call a horse for course, even if we try to kind of make it as such, you know, based on the angles that we used. 
Kelly, if we go, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it is something just off the top. I mean, this is a $25 million purse. Top 13 spots in this thing all pay over half a million. First is four and a half. Second is 2.72. Third is 1.72. Fourth is 1.22. And then fifth is 1.02. So if you are playing in any of these one and dones, this is where you unload the tank, right? Like you're yes. not holding back on anyone at this. Like if you have a guy that is an absolute stud, you are not worried about saving him for anything at all. First place is $4.5 million. There are five different spots that pay seven figures and the top 13 all pay over half a million. So this is the time to unleash the crack in here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care if it's that. That is maybe the biggest thing, uh, one or one of the biggest things, non betting wise, that we should focus on this week is the payouts. So you're right. If you're in any kind of one and done, I actually just ended up kind of uh, doing my one and done, and then kind of one a one and done pool thing. I'm in mm-hmm. um, where where you can pick multiple players, whatever. But yeah, absolutely. This is where you don't. Like you, you, you use the big names. Don't hold yes. back. There is no, no strategy at this point. Like it there is, is fire. no reason yes. to save these guys for later because yes. this is a, as much money as you're going to be able to cash in on all season long. So yes, the big names, don't be afraid to use them this week. All right, Wes. So uh, you do the course preview over on VEASAN.com. we got 144 players, top 65 and ties make the cut here. What did you find as you were putting together a look at TPC Sawgrass over there in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Yeah, just, uh, you know, looking at uh, at what we have here, we obviously have a great field as we usually do. I don't know with all these elevated events if we can necessarily call it the fifth major anymore because it seems mm-hmm. like we're going to get a lot of other uh, quasi-major championships going forward. But, yeah, you're right, par 72, a little bit over 7,200 yards, so – you know, not the longest, of course. And you've seen guys that are bombers win here. And then you've also seen guys like Tim Clark, who is a short slappy that that wins here. So this was redesigned back in uh, 2017. Originally a Pete Dye design. Since the event actually moved to March, it was in May. It moved back to March in 2019. Scoring average about uh, 0.18 shots over par. 14th toughest on tour. 72.75 is the yardage. 88 bunkers. 10th most on tour. 16 water holes. Most on tour. And, of course, the famous Island Green at the 17th. A lot of waste areas. The fairway and rough about 3.5 inches overseeded rye the bermuda these are bermuda greens but the bermuda is dormant now in march rather than in may where it was a lot more pure bermuda so these are 100 poa trivialis greens about 5500 square feet on average they're going to be fast pretty much all weekend long 13 on the stint meter so you know that's what i was looking at in terms of the courses obviously for a peat dye there are some correlated ones, some of the dye designs like TPC River Highlands, like Harbortown, a renovation at Sedgefield. I think PGA National, Innisbrook, a little bit of Bay Hill, a little bit of TPC Southwind. So the dye designs in specific are Harbortown, TPC River Highlands. I think those are the most applicable. Of course, there's other dye designs on the course or on the tour, rather. TPC Stadium at La Quinta for the American Express. Then a couple of the places, Kiwa, Whistling Straits, where they play the PGA. But I really felt Harbortown, probably River Highlands, maybe a little bit of TPC Louisiana. That's where they play the team event at the Zurich. So that's maybe another way, if you can't really find form, to maybe look at those Pete Dye designs. I did that with a couple guys this week. Yeah, if we take a look here, um, historically, all four of these par threes have played over par last year. Uh, Of course, weather was a big issue in this tournament a couple of different times over the last decade or so. So we are... At least the forecast right now doesn't look like it's going to be terrible over the first couple of days. But again, we this is the caveat we always make here that it's Florida and weather can change on a dime. So don't take that as if we are saying the weather won't get bad. But as we sit, as we record this here on a Tuesday, it does look like for the most part, Thursday morning is certainly going to be very mild for these guys. And if you're playing first round leader bets, Kelly, which, you know, I know you love to do and and we like to fire on just for kind of kind of fun funsies and whatnot. Um, Me personally, I'm going to be looking at the guys that basically go off very first thing in the morning on Thursday. And uh, it does look like the wind does pick up at least a little bit throughout the course of the day Thursday. Nothing crazy, 
Yeah. Um, but it does look like that first thing Thursday morning, it's, it's going to be like almost absolutely ideal, perfect conditions for these guys to play on. Yeah. Last check too. It looked like that was maybe just the better wave period as far as the wet weather was going to look those first couple days. But I, I don't, we, I know we're going to say it a lot. Can't emphasize it enough. It's freaking Florida. Okay. It yeah. can be rain. It can be sunshine one minute. It can be rainy, rainy and windy as hell the next. So, you know, we'll, we'll be a little careful with that. Um, but yeah, that is something that I'll be uh, looking into. Um, I already made a couple first round leader bets. I'm trying to not let this, uh, that stuff affect me too much. I found, yeah. some, found some prices that I liked. So, uh, yeah, we'll roll with it. But, I, you know, as usual, I, w- I will say this. I was trying to make sure to say this on a numbers game, too, where I, I get basically all my bets locked in today. But if you are looking for more, what I'm betting first round leader, just tweet at me because I usually do add those late on Wednesday mm-hmm. night just to have the most updated weather kind of info for the next day. All the par fives had a birdie or better percentage over 30% last year. The two shortest are over 40%. So those can be had, the par fives. Off the tee last year, 17.1% of strokes gained at TPC Sawgrass came off the tee. That being said, we should see some clubbing down, I believe, here. We do see that a lot if you kind of look at the average driving distance here. Now, distance certainly can help you. It's kind of one of these things we talked about a few weeks ago when we were previewing, but um, not necessarily a thing that you have to have here. Approach, as you would imagine, on a course like this, if we're saying that the you can kind of club down and still, still be all right, 34.9%, so 35% of approach shots is where the, uh, the strokes were gained at uh, TPC Sawgrass last year. So the thing, though, that was a little bit different, Wes, when I was digging in, unless maybe you saw something I didn't, you know, we usually look at these buckets of approach shots because we say like, oh, okay, they had normally come, you know, X amount come from here, or X amount of come from here. The numbers I saw, at least anyway, certainly historically last year was kind of, you know, last year, I, I'm not going to say I threw out the numbers from last year, but again, it was just, it was one of those deals where depending on which side of the weather draw you were on, I mean, you were either dead in the dead in the water or, you know, you had actual chance to, to compete in this thing. So if you look historically, it was pretty even from what I saw, like it didn't yeah. seem like any of the buckets that we kind of typically look at from an approach standpoint was really standing out to me. Is there something that you noticed that I didn't? Yeah, I was trying to look through and see, you know, because I think we're all going to end up when we get to our model, we all used approach in some kind of way. So I was looking to see, okay, is there a certain amount? Like, are you going to get more from like 200 yards or are you going to get them from like 175 to 200? Actually, the toughest approaches here are the ones inside 150 from what I was reading, the greens and regulation rate, if you look at it, is like right at tour average at about 66%. But it's still difficult to gain on approach uh, yeah, here. I think it's fifth most difficult is what I read. The fairways are only about 28 yards wide. The rough is a little bit thicker than it has been, I think, in previous years, about three and a half inches. So I really didn't find anything either in terms of, okay, you want to target 200 or 200 plus here. So I didn't find that either. Kelly, is there any, I was going to say, is there anything you found? Cause I like, for me, I, I didn't like, it looked like if you kind of looked like all the numbers were about even. So it was like, I didn't want to get too. I wouldn't, I don't want to overthink this, right? Like, like, you know, I think with these models sometimes too, because they have all of these different ways that you can put things in and all this way that like, I do think there is some too cutism sometimes as well, where like, you know, I just kept it. I did the whole keep it simple, stupid thing this week where it's like, I just put general approach and that was it. I didn't put any sort of yardage in there. So I I think that's one. I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought this up just because I think there are some tournaments where I think those yardage ranges are far more important. Those proximity ranges that we're looking at are far more important than others. And this is a perfect example of one where I didn't incorporate that stuff at all because of exactly what you guys are saying. It really, those are scattered throughout different ranges, depending on what you're hitting off the tee, depending on what hole you're on. Right. Yeah. What strategy Uh, you're using essentially. Exactly. So, and, and then, you know, to, to your later point, I've already got so many data points. (laughs) I I sure as hell didn't need a few more. So yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So this is actually a good time. We'll, uh, we'll get to our models here in just a second. We're going to hit this odds board and, as you'd imagine, big three at the top, Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, 9, 10, and 10 as we sit right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Your next guy on the board, Patrick Cantlay at 16, Justin Thomas at 20, Max Homa at 22, 
Colin Morikawa also sitting at 22 despite the missed cut last week. Xander Schauffele, 25. Victor Hovland, after letting that slip away last week at 28. Tony Finau also at 28. Jason Day also at 28. We still have some big names that you can find in the 30 and 40 range. We have Will Zalatoris, Tyrrell Hatton, Sung J.M., Matt Fitzpatrick, and Jordan Spieth all coming in at 35 to 1. You have Cam Young. You got Tom Kim at, at 40 to 1. Shane Lowry, Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, all sitting 50 to 55. So there are some big names to be had. Keith Mitchell, a guy that we've bet several different times. He's sitting at 60. Ricky Fowler sitting at 65. Tommy Fleetwood at 70. And Hideki all the way up 70, 75 on Sam Burns. So these are like proven winners on tour that you can get some pretty fat numbers on if you are looking around. And again, as always, continue to shop around. These are the DraftKings Sportsbook numbers that we're giving you right now, but there might be some discrepancies. That's one of the biggest things we can probably tell you whenever it comes to outright golf betting is be sure and, and compare it, compare those because uh, th- they can vary pretty greatly at times. So Wes, I'm going to tee you up here. Let's talk about those data points we're talking about. Let's talk about these stats and what did you find important? What did you plug into your model this week? Yeah, I did use approach. I mentioned fifth most mm-hmm. difficult course on tour to gain on approach. So I used that. I uh, had to use something off the tee, but you mentioned it earlier, Matt, that you're going to club down a little bit. Actually, since 2019, third fewest number of drives of over 300 yards. So the average driving distance here is actually well below the tour average. I think 281.7 yards is the number <clears throat> that I saw. So I think this setup, it mitigates the advantage of longer hitters and you don't really have as many opportunities to overpower the course. Uh, I felt good drives gain was a little bit better maybe to model off the tee versus pure strokes gained off the tee because good drive to gain, of course, uh, incorporates a little bit of approach along with that. So I did that. I did opportunities gained. Uh, you know, I think it gives a boost to players who are not only hitting greens, but hitting it uh, pretty close on approach shots. Proximity, I really, like we were saying earlier, it was very tough to model because you have such a high variance here in terms of how guys are going to attack the pins or attack the course in general. I did some strokes mm-hmm. gained par five because all the par fives had a birdie or better rate of north of 30%. And actually the two shorter par fives, uh, number two and number 16, about 40%. So you got to score on these far par fives this yeah. week. Uh, a little small strokes gain par four, 450 to 500, five of the 10 par fours measured this length, but I, I not a lot. It's very small in terms of what I incorporated. Uh, did a little bogey avoidance and a little three putt avoidance as well, because mm-hmm. this actually has one of the highest three putt rates on tour, about a little under 4%. These are quick greens. So you'll see guys that'll roll putts five, six feet by, and then you have to come back for par. So three putt avoidance, bogey avoidance. Of course, we know the 17th had the highest double bogey or rate or worse on tour at about 8% last year, but bogeys are going to lurk everywhere. Uh, Scrambling and strokes gained around the green. I kind of did a hodgepodge of those. Top 10 for toughest courses to gain around the green. Scrambling below average, sand saves below average. So I did a little scrambling gain and strokes gained around the green. And then one that I incorporated, this isn't something maybe you have to go too huge with because this event has mm-hmm. such variance. I did a little strokes gain total Pete die over like the last 36 rounds, because even though this is a unique course at Sawgrass, it does have a lot of Pete die trademarks. And I think p- players that play well on one Pete die design tend to play pretty solid on all of them. So I mentioned a couple of those earlier, Harbor town, TPC River Highlands. Uh, You can look maybe at Austin Country Club, although that's match play, so you don't get a lot of strokes gain data from that particular event. Uh, TPC Louisiana, there are several Pete Dyes, Kiwa Island, Whistling Straits, Crooked Stick, which hosts some of the PGA Championship and some of the FedEx Cup events. So that's what I plugged in this week. All right, Kelly, you said you had a bunch in in your model as well. People listening at home, I think, you know, listen, we've got a ton of questions about where they can actually do this themselves. I'm sure people are listening in to kind of what we're, what we're plugging in to get an idea of maybe where they want to head as well. So uh, where did you come up with your stats this week? Yeah, uh, Wes definitely uh, hit on a lot of them. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at my Fantasy National page right now, and if, I know you bo- guys both have it, and there's a, there's a section of the website where there's kind of the background picture, uh, picture of the course behind it, 
And if you add in so many stat points, it, it ends up bleeding over <laughs> into that picture and it's so hard to read. I've hit that this week. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Wes just ran through a bunch of them, but uh, you know, definitely approach. So it, it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to fly through these because I think Wes and I are pretty uh, aligned pretty similarly mm. this week. For heavy on approach, opportunities gained uh, involved in that as as well. Um, so use those strokes gained, par fours, par fives. I think almost any time we're looking at a par 72 and there's four par fives out there, it's something I'm going to punch in there. But like you said, Wes, especially this week, you got you got to score on these things. So it's always something I'm going to weigh up there pretty heavily. Um, as far as off the tee stuff, I did a little bit. I did a little bit of a hodgepodge here too. A little bit of strokes gained off the tee, a little bit of driving distance just for the, mainly mainly for the fives and some of these fours, but kind of like you always talk about, Matt, really just more as the separator sometimes between some of these guys uh, that I might be considering bets on. Um, and then I did a little bit, I, pretty heavy good drives and then a little bit of fairways gained as well. Um, and then let's see, we did bogey avoidance, three putt avoidance, as you mentioned, Wes, I factored those in as well. And then also that same mix kind of that you talked about of strokes gained around the green, scrambling, sand saves, all at kind of smaller percentages, but I did, did incorporate all three of those. Yeah. So I think we're on the same stuff. I think maybe just weighted a little bit differently. I mean, if I, if I go to the fan fantasy national stuff, 26% on approach, 15%. I actually maybe went a little heavier off the tee than you guys did. I, I actually 15% off the tee and then 11% on good drives. I'm okay. I'm looking more, and, and the only reason I did this is because, again, I am I want to see these guys that if, if they have, basically if they are operating at their like 90th percentile in, in off the tee or whatever, that they're going to be making a run at this, right? And so that's kind of what, what I wanted to look at with, with this type of tournament, opportunities gained, I have in at 10%. I have par fives at 10%. Scrambling at 10%. Around the green at 8%. Sand saves and then bogey avoidance. That's all I had in the fantasy national model this week. Because like I said, I, I kind of went with the more keep it simple, stupid um, thing this week. Over on the, the Rick Rungood model, I did you know factor in some weighted stuff a little bit heavier. So that I do have kind of the weighted off the tee that weighted around the green and weighted yeah. approach. and a little bit heavier. Um, I did go there with, you know, driving accuracy a little bit more because I just wanted to see what the what the difference was in the good drives and then also just driving accuracy stuff. And then the only thing that I did add a little bit more over on that one that I didn't have in the other one is is just a just a splash of of what's been going on over at Sawgrass with some of these guys just to see uh, from a comparative standpoint. So that's really all that uh, all that I was really plugging in the model this week. So I'm I'm in the majority of the stats with you guys. I think just like, you know, some of the ones I just left off and, and maybe a little bit different from how much I weighed these different things. I'm very curious to see what these, what, what we all spit out here. But before we get to that, of course, we got to go around the world with Wes Reynolds. Yeah, we are going to uh, Kenya this week. DP world tour, by the way, was off uh, last week. So it does return going to be at the magical kenya open before they venture to south africa for a couple of events uh the leader in the market at least on the betting board is antoine rosner who has consecutive top sixes 18 to 1 robert mcintyre at 22 just behind him adrianos 25 to 1 adrian otegi 28 to 1 julian brune at 30 to 1 uh marcel seam who did win the indian open uh, two weeks ago is at 40 to 1 along with oliver becker so you know the typical, I think, you know, what we've seen over the past few weeks, DP World Tour uh, type of fields. Uh, this is going to be played at Muthega Golf Club, uh, 72-28, par 71. And uh, front nine plays about 400 yards longer because it's a 36-35 split. This is played near Nairobi, which is the capital city, of course, of Kenya. Sits around 5,000 feet above sea level, so the altitude here is going to help the ball fly further. Ashen Wu of China was the winner here at 16 under par last year. 60 to 1 was his price. So 
I didn't really go all that deep down the board. Mm-hmm. I didn't go too chalky, but Audrey Arnos, 25 to one, seems to enjoy these short altitude tracks in Kenya, was second at the Karen Country Club back in 2019, was also eighth on this course last year. Julianne Brune, who I just mentioned, 30 to one, two top fives on the DPWT this season, eight for scrambling, 14th on approach, 18th for GIR. Jaden Schaefer, 40 to one. He's a young South African player. It's going to turn 22 next week. Six in driving accuracy, ninth in greens and regulation for the season to date. Marcus Kinholt, 45 to one. He's been a DP World Tour winner before, was eighth on this course last year, 12th in GAR, 12th in strokes gained around the green. Angel Hidalgo, 55 to one, was actually fifth here last year at the uh, halfway point at the 36 hole mark after 268s and then fell back on the weekend to a T17. Top 10 a couple weeks ago at the Indian Open. And then maybe this is finally the week for Connor Syme. He's been so close on the European and now DP World Tour to try to get that first win. Hasn't really been spectacular this year, but he's been consistent. He's made every cut. This is a downfield, not a lot of quality, not like a real set favorite. Like you don't even have a lot of the mainstays. Of course, they're playing in the players this week, like the Ryan Foxes and the Min Woo Lees and some of these other guys. Uh, so you got a downfield here. So that's my six uh, very small plays here in Kenya. I like it, Wes. We, of course, you can get all of uh, Wes's. Wes's articles over at VEASAN.com, full breakdowns of all the picks and write-ups and things like that, so be sure and head over to the website. We're going to take a quick break here on the pod. When we come back, we will get into the discussion of this odds board. Who do we like at the top? Who are we fading? What do we like in the mid-range? Different things like that. And, of course, we will get to our full betting cards as well. Stick around. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And we are back, Matt, Wes, and Kelly here on Long Shots. And guys, uh, one question I did get asked on the Twitter machine, and I do want to just go ahead and talk about it here on the pod. So, you know, listen, we don't get it Ooh, in Vegas. This is like the recurring this is like the recurring thing. Like we don't get it here in Vegas, but like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um so there are these like profit boosts that are being that are available rest of country and stuff and like they'll boost your, you know, whatever, 25% profit boost or 50% profit boost, things like that on some of these outright bets and and whatnot. And I got a question on what the strategy would be for that. And like basically it's 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 fairly simple, right? Is you would certainly be, you would lean way, way more towards getting the value out of taking one of the shorter shots and being able to increase the odds on, let's just take a Scotty Scheffler, for example, who's 10 to one at DraftKings right now. And if you're getting a 50% profit boost, you're being able to take Scotty Scheffler from 10 to one to 15 to one. That Mm -hmm. is much, much higher value from a guy with incredible win equity than it would be taking a 50 to one to 75 to one, right? Like you're, you're wanting to take one of these dudes whose win equity is so much higher and get more bang for the buck on something like that. than you would be taking a high number and just getting a higher number through all of that. And Kelly, like, I know that seems, I know some people are going to go like, what do you mean? I can take a 50 to 75. And it's like, right. yeah, you could, yeah. but the win equity on that 50 guy and Scotty Scheffler, who you were getting 10 to 15, it's just much, much higher on someone like that. And so, for me, every single time, if I would, if I was getting a fifty percent profit boost, I'm using it on a shorter shot guy and just getting, yeah, it's not a, as sexy of a number for sure, but his win equity is so much higher, and being able to get that type of profit boost is, is definitely the way I would go nearly every single time. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's interesting that you brought it up. You're right. We we unfortunately don't have to uh, you know, deal with such terrible problems. <laughs> Out here in Nevada, but uh, uh, I, you know, I did get a question or two about this similarly in the past couple months. Um, and one of the ones I'm glad you brought this up because one of the questions I got was about sounded like he could use it on outrights, finishing positions, kind of anywhere. And I was a little confused asking him. I was like, "You're getting the same kind of you know bonus on the bet as on a top twenty as you are on an outright." And same kind of thing. He told me, yes, I, I, I don't know if that, that's how exactly how these work, but I told, you know, he was, he was asking me about, I forget what specific golfer he was asking me about, but kind of like you just brought up, he was asking me about someone who was like 60 to one. And I was like, man, I would throw that boost on, on a top 20 that you're get, basically mm-hmm. getting the same, 
they're letting you do the same boost, right. boost it on a top 20 where there's a much bigger chance of that hitting. I know it's not as sexy as taking that 60, 60 up to a 65 to one, but that's where you could make a, I mean, put a bit much bigger bet than you were planning on that mm. top 20 price and boost it there. So yeah, it is. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I wish, I wish that we could answer more of these questions you know what i mean yeah. we just we don't run into these problems as much you know yeah. I, mean? I like so, how you i like how you did the you, you guys can't see because this is audio but like i see it's like an air quote problem you know for, for you guys <laughs> yeah, out there yeah, yeah. It's like exactly, an air quote yeah, yeah. It's like yeah this real terrible big issue. you get a 50 yeah. profit boost you know I, on your on your the stuff. other one I, the other one i want to bring up quick matt because i've get, i've gotten a lot of these tweets lately and i i don't know if you guys have too and it, look this is great i think this is from People listening to the listening to the mm-hmm. podcast, and please keep tweeting at us uh, at Kelly uh, at Kelly Bidlin for me at Wes Reynolds one at Matt Brown yeah. M. And if we start getting enough questions, we'll do a just a totally a, right. answer a question segment on, on the yeah. pod. Yeah, yeah, totally. But what, you know what? I feel like this has been a recurring thing recently, where we have one of our guys, one of our outright guys, that is in position after round three, and I get a lot of tweets of like, okay, and th- I'll use Victor Hovland from last week as an example. I got a couple of tweets. Hey, I got a Hovland ticket at 32 to one, 33 to one. What should I do? You know, heading into round four. And like, I know there's a lot of options on these books out there, guys, but this is golf betting and you're kind of stuck right. with that Hovland ticket right. last week. You don't want to kill the profit that you could make off that. You don't want to, you don't want to middle yourself, right? By adding other bets that you could mm-hmm. end up losing all of them. Unfortunately, there is not really much you can do unless you have a yes, no option or something like that. And even that is probably not worth playing in the situation like Hovland was last week. You just got to wait until you get in game on Sunday until you maybe actually have opportunities to realistically lock in profit. It's just nearly impossible to do the night before the final round in the situation that Hovland was in. Yeah, Wes, I think like, you know, you and I and Kelly, obviously all of us were in the same position and, you know, I also had Tyrrell Hatton. So I was kind of like, you know, what the hell do I do here? Like, what, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? I fortunately was able to, you know, I was able to finagle some stuff as we were, were getting in there live and, and all that. But I mean, you know, look, I know there's always these guys who are like team no hedge and I, there's the, you know, and all stuff like, my, my, my response to them would be like, well, then you just don't bet enough golf, I guess. Right. Because like, if you, if you're never hedging off and you're never trying to at least break even throughout the course of a tournament, then your bankroll is going to go to zero at some point. Like you, you have to, it's like cut your losses at some point and realize like, Hey, look, my guy might not win this thing. And like, I at least got to break even on this tournament. Like I cannot keep taking these losses and stuff. And so, you know, I, I know I think it's cool. I, I think I think there's a lot of people who think it's cool to be like Team No Hedge. Like, oh, let it ride. I right. Don't, you know, right. 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 Yeah. You know, no, and, but and, but I, and, I think that's I think that's foolish anyway. Well, and Matt, now that and that's that's not what I'm saying. The team, no, absolutely, you've got to hedge somewhat in golf. It's just the you no, no, can't no, start I, yeah, thinking no, I know about it too early. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? No, so I know what you're saying. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. to be it seems to be this thing. I don't know why. Maybe it's just it, the growth of golf betting, and everybody gets excited about a 35 to one ticket. I get it, guys. We we get excited about them too. But there's unfortunately only so much you could do before that final round. So that, yeah, that that was always well, sorry, Wes. I mean, well, I, I was gonna out. say, kind of you you uh, alluded to it earlier was the fact that every scenario is different. Every leaderboard is different. Mm-hmm. Let's go back, uh, shall we, a few weeks ago to Genesis Invitational. There were going to be three guys that win that tournament. It was going to be Rom or Homa, mm-hmm. and Cantlay was kind of lurking. Nobody else was coming up. So you had a little bit of spread and a little bit of difference and disparity between all these players. Same thing at the Honda Classic as you got late. It was going to be Eric Cole or Chris Kirk. And, you know, it's a lot easier to do that. Last week was probably one of the harder ones because then you're just playing a guessing game. It's like, you know, do you get on Kurt Kitayama or you have Harris English, who is right there, or Rory or Jordan. Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay both posted seven under. There was maybe a moment there where it's like, hey, maybe this is going to hold up. It certainly did the year before, uh, you know, when these guys were, were all, you know, just trying to post a number. So you had all these guys, Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland. Uh, there's one or two I'm forgetting that were kind of right there in the mix. And when you have that leaderboard, that condensed, because I was kind of looking at the live wagering as it was coming down and there mm-hmm. just wasn't, I mean, there'd be little moves here and there, but you had guys that were the favorite that were like $2. 
or plus 250. Yep. You didn't have something like when Kitayama made that birdie on 17, then he goes instantly flashes like minus 700 that he that he's going to mm-hmm. win the thing. So, you know, you got to look at every single event, uh, you know, all the time. You don't have to be team no hedge. You don't have to be team always hedge, though. Right. No, I, well I don't, said, it, Wes. Well said. It, it is. It is. It's like I, I think that there's I think that there's a, a a way that everyone certainly bets, you know, these different little things and stuff. But like for me, from a golf standpoint, you know, if like Wes, you, you were you, you were saying like, you know, if, if you can come away and you and you didn't lose a lot, like even if you lost just a little or won just mm-hmm. a little then that's a win right in these things, because it's, it's one of those deals where, yeah, you're, you're, you're biding your time between hitting outright. So you're just kind of like going along or whatever, unless you, unless you go super, super heavy in some of these other markets, which who knows, maybe my style will pivot to that at some point as well as our menus in Nevada, get better at some point. (laughs) If we ever get those goddamn markets that, you know, like all you guys have out there, but like, Mm. unfortunately I don't have that options right now so uh i kind of have to do what what we're doing right now through through all this so anyway yeah. it's, we got off on a tangent there but i think that was a good conversation yeah. to uh to have uh all right so wes let's head to you sir you put in all the data points and we are heading into starting to fill out our cards here and what did your model say to you and what was interesting yeah just kind of looking through these and you know you'll see a lot of the same guys, you you know, you're going to see a lot of top end guys. So you're going to see a lot of Rory and a lot of Scotty Scheffler and, you know, pretty much the usual suspects. But when, when I was going through, uh, you know, saw a lot of Xander Schauffele, a lot of Tony fee now. Uh, and, and, and there's always kind of the variance too. like, you always get the same guys every week for like the ball striking stuff. So maybe not right. the guys at the top, but that means you get a lot of Tom Hoagie. That means you get a lot of Corey Connors when you're looking at like, uh, you know, all the ball striking, the approaches and opportunities gained or greens and regulation gain or whatever you use. And then sometimes when you go to a lot of the short game stats, then you get a lot of different guys. You, you get a lot of Mackenzie Hughes. You get a lot of Maverick McNeely. You get a lot of Matt Kuchar. You get a lot of Matt Fitzpatrick or Danny Willett and and those guys. So it's always kind of interesting to see, you know, when when these pop out, we, you know, you always get the same guys in ball strike. And we were kind of joking yesterday on on the uh, kind of the uh, summation of the players, or excuse me, of Bayhill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational mm-hmm. last week about Emiliano Grillo how great he is yep. in terms of how he hits it on approach. And then the putting you just see as much as he gains on approach, he's losing it on putting. So it's always kind of fun to see, okay, the same guys are here off the tee. The same guys are on approach and the same guys are on the short game stats. Kelly, uh, my, my model spit out some names to me that like, you know, I, I, I typically, don't like to just completely go against my numbers. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I am going to have to take a stand with just what I've seen with my eyeballs. Right. Because if I go out 75 rounds, if I go out 36 rounds, if I go out 24 rounds, it's fee now, fee now, fee now to me. And that is literally at number one, but my eyeballs have showed me different from Tony here recently. And it's like, it's not that he's playing bad, He's just not playing at the level to, in my opinion, right. win one of these elevated events, right? And so it's kind of like, man, I'm having to, it, it, it pains me to have to like have this model say, hey, idiot, 75 rounds, he's won. Oh, 36 rounds, he's won. 24 rounds, he's won. Like, and, and you're, you're not going to bet him, you moron. But it's like, I, have, I, you know, we can't bet everyone. I have to take yeah. a stand sometimes. And that's why we watch as much golf as we do and, and all that. So it, it's it's a bummer to me, but that's kind of where my model stood out. Of course, you know, like, like Wes said, I mean, it's going to be the, all the, the, the typical names that, that you're typically going to see, but yeah, some, some that were interesting to me, I guess it stood out. Jason day. If you go to the 36 round for me, Jason day came in at fifth. If you mm-hmm. go down um, as, as he, as Wes mentioned, you know, you got a little bit further and granted his odds aren't all that long, but like, Tyrrell Hatton is kind of really sprinkled throughout this model and all over the different, you know, he's never further than 14 down for me, you know? So Tyrrell Hatton is certainly a guy that is, you know, maybe someone people out there would, would want to look at if we're talking about, you know, some, a guy that has not only 
short-term success we've seen him play recently of late, but even in my long-term model is, is coming in, you know, kind of in the top 15 as well. So that's really where, where my stuff was interesting. I think the only other one was if I went super long-term and I know he's kind of been up and down or but Shane Lowry also uh, pretty high mm-hmm. when I go super long-term, like, kind of like, yeah. well, I guess you're looking like his baseline stats then at that yeah. point, when you're talking about 75 rounds out, hundred rounds out, which I always run those just to kind of see what it looks like from a long-term perspective. And, and he finds his way into the top seven in the hundred and top six in the 75. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too, is the date ranges. This is the time of year where I'll start to focus in more on the shorter term stuff. Yeah. So really more the last 12 round stuff, uh, you know, last 24 last and really kind of anywhere, anywhere in between. I'll always see what, and I feel like this is where you and I've always been maybe a little bit different in the past couple of years where you'll kind of look at, all over those ranges and the longer ranges too. I kind of pull up that last 36 is my, like, this is my long range yeah. one. I don't really need to look for more further back than that. I feel like, but uh, I, you know, it's interesting just the different processes that we go through. You, you hit on two of the guys that I would say maybe stood out the most to me this week. They and Terrell Hatton um, just on both, both the different sites that, that, mm. that we're utilizing as well. Uh, Jason Day was on every model that I ran mm-hmm. rated uh, ranked no worse than fifth yep. on every single thing that I ran. Um, the the other one that I want to bring the other one I'll bring up quickly is that like you're talking about with Finau at the top, kind of the more longer longer term ranges that we're talking about. He's there. Um, there's there's another name though that man he is he's kind of been jockeying his way up, surpassing kind of. Uh, some of the the other big names like Rory and John Rahm, and that's Patrick Cantlay. Yep. Cantlay is way high on on some yeah. of my stuff this week, um, and that is that is something we're going to get to our bets here in a minute. But that that was something that I couldn't ignore this week was how how much he was rising. And really, if you look at the game that he's playing right now, you know the one area that he's kind of struggling in is some of the short game stuff, which. You know he's usually known for pretty yeah. doing pretty well at so um, yeah, yeah that was I would say my biggest takeaways from my modeling this week would have been those three players the two you already mentioned Terrell Hatton Jason Day and then Patrick Cantlay really kind of shoving his way into that top group of guys yeah guys uh Wes we're gonna get to your outright card here in just a second but since we're mentioning Jason Day it's just worth it's worth talking about this I mean it, there's really no other way to say it is just this heater that he is on yeah. I mean since October of last year, T8, T11, T21, T16. He did get cut at the RSM, but hey, look, everybody plays bad every now and then. Then T18, T7, outright five, T9, T10. I mean, like that is that is a full-on heater in, yep. in, in the golf world. And yes, there is no real competing to win outright, but guess what? We don't have to win. We don't have to bet him outright, you know? I mean, like, so that's one of the things that we can take into account as well. So, Perfect setup here to toss it over to our our good friend Wes Reynolds and see what on is uh, his outright card. Yeah, my shortest price. And Kelly, uh, uh, spoiler alert there, I uh, just mentioned him a moment ago. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, 16 to 1. Uh, Patty Ice, as they call him, has been ice cold at the players. If you look at the form sheet, he's missed three straight cuts. We know this is a guy that does not like to play a lot of Florida golf necessarily, but I think his game will travel. And I think it showed last week. He was fourth at Bay Hill, mm-hmm. where he was third for strokes game, Tita Green. He was third at Riviera so he comes in hot also really good on the Pete die he was number one by the way I went last 36 rounds uh top five by the way for Pete Dye designs just for the record Patrick Cantlay Brian Harmon Keegan Bradley John Rom, Shane Lowry when I looked at strokes gained over the last 36 rounds on Pete Dye design and it and and that probably is logical considering he won the Zurich last year in New Orleans with his buddy Xander Schauffele he was runner-up at the RBC was runner-up to Siwoo a couple years ago at the American Express so Patrick Cantlay 16 to 1 uh, when he crossed the twenty, yeah, Wes, wait a second. Let me let 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 me uh, interrupt you real quick. <laughs> we have another pod play then because Kelly yeah. already gave it. Well, it was it was it was Vic last week, and uh, we gave everyone a sweat. Kelly already said he's on Cantlay, and so am I. So we we uh, go ahead. Another pod play. Can't lay and, and that ought to tell you something because I hate betting Cantlay. So if, if that ought to let you know where he showed up on all the stuff for me. So. 
Pod play Patrick Cantlay this well, week. Well, well, I'll take it a step further, man. I don't, I don't, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I necessarily hate Patrick Cantlay, <laughs> but man, I hated that number. Yeah. I have never ferociously shopped <laughs> for a better outright number in my life than Patrick Cantlay this week. So there so it yeah, is, pod play of the week, Patrick Cantlay. All right, Wes, so let's do the Go rest on. of the well, card. We'll see if he gets home, uh, and we might actually have another one based on kind of what we've talked about so far <laughs> in the pod. But I did play a little Justin Thomas. I found some twenty. 23 to one in town disappointing weekend at Bay Hill. He was fourth though in GIR. I was on him a couple years ago at the players at a very similar price when he was victorious. And look, he's never going to be a guy like it. Whenever we look at the off the tee stuff and we see all the elite guys up there, like Rory and Rom and Scotty Scheffler, we don't usually see JT because he doesn't hit as long as those guys. But what he does do is he works the ball all around the course. And one of the things about these Pete dies that makes this such a test, you know, like we were talking about the, the tagline in the ad, it's tricky. The song that they were using to promo the event on NBC, the fact that you have to drive it towards the danger because no hole, mm. no hole goes in like the same direction. So you have to drive it towards the hazard and get as close as you can without going in these hazards, whether it's the water or whether it's the bunker or the trees, because that's going to give you the best angle on approach. And I think Justin Thomas has shown he can do that on this course. So JT 23 to one. And then I don't know if I made this kind of out of fear because one of the clips released from our our long shots preview that we did yesterday afternoon was me saying how this guy sucked or at least his short game sucked. <laughs> but, but, you know, so it was kind of out of fear. I'm like, man, I just know it's going to be out there and then he's going to win. And they're going to be like, well, you said he sucked. But there are <laughs> so, so that was like one of the reasons. There are other reasons too. But Victor Hovland, twenty nine to one, short game let him down. He hit that water ball in on the par five on the sixteenth. Fell out of contention with an extra bogey uh, t ten. He bogeyed the eighteenth. He was ninth here last year. But look. The, the way he hit it last week, he hit it very well off the tee, hit it very well on approach, really hit that one bad shot. But it was, you know, the out of the bunker play. So I know I said there are 88 bunkers here and there's water all over the place, so it could be a recipe for disaster. But I, I think Victor Hovland rebounds this week. You know, sometimes I like to buy a guy when he disappoints the week before. Uh, another one, uh, I don't like the number, but you can't argue the form. The fact he's got four straight top tens on tour coming into this week. Jason Day, very few players have the consistent mm -hmm. form that he does on this course. Outside of his victory, he does have three additional finishes of eighth or better. So I hate the number, but I like the player. So sometimes I'll mm -hmm. side with the number. Sometimes I'll side with the player. I'm going to side with the player here, Jason Day. And then one that goes against one of my trends because – only twice has this happened at the Players' Championship where you had a debutante win the event. It was Hal Sutton in 83, and I think Craig Perks in the mid-2000s. I'm a little iffy on the air, but those were the two that won on debut. So, I'm iffy on the name. So, yeah, Craig <laughs> Perks from Australia now does commentary for Golf Channel, I think on, like, the Corn Ferry Tour, and I think that was his lone PGA Tour win. I remember it was down to him and Carl Paulson. I'll give you another name. That's who it was okay, down to. That go. was one of the most random players you'll ever see. But I'm going with the debutante here, and it's Tom Kim at 42 to 1. And if we want to walk down Narrative Street, last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, Kurt Kitayama won with a guy by the name of Tim Tucker on the bag. And Tim Tucker was on Bryson DeChambeau's bag two years before at the Arnold Palmer. So there's something to be said for coast knowledge. And maybe maybe the guy that's going to be the Tim Tucker this week is Joe Scoverin, who was with Ricky Fowler for many years, including here at the Players in 2015. I think Tom Kim should like this course. Now, he's cooled off from, I think, the early season buzz. So, you know, I usually don't like taking a debutante, but I did at 42. And then... You guys mentioned him so much uh, yesterday, kind of got me on him where I'm like, okay, let me take a look and see if I see what they see. And I did. And that's yeah. Keegan, say his name. Keegan Bradley Keegs at say 50 to one. <laughs> say his name, say his name, like Destiny's Child would say. Uh, back in the winter circle last fall at the Zozo, he really has maintained consistent form. He's runner up at the Farmers, was top 10 at Bay Hill. 
inside the top 30, actually, in each of his last four starts in the players, uh, you know, was actually, you know, relatively in contention last year. I think he kind of got on the bad side of the draw at some point. A few guys did last year. Like last year's results, it's tough to really put too much stock in because there was a huge weather draw bias. I don't think that there's going to be this time around. So Keegan Bradley, 50 to one. I did go with one bomb this week uh, and he's actually a former champion. Now, a couple other bombs I'm going to play maybe more in the placement markets and I'll play this guy too. Webb Simpson, who won here in 2018, 150 to one. Hasn't contended in a while. Fourth on approach last weekend was T24 at Bay Hill. So he's a guy that's also very good on Pete Dyes. Won the RBC Heritage at Harbor Town. Always a contender. Was always a contender at the American Express. So Webb Simpson is my bomb. Uh, five matchups this week. Went two and one. So I'll go through them real quick. Vic Hovland minus 145 over Jordan Spieth. I think Jordan Spieth is dealing with a back issue. And if you saw last week, he was kind of holding yeah, his back. Grab it. So, yeah. you know, there's a couple guys uh, uh, out there. You know, Matt Fitzpatrick, I kind of steered clear of him, even though he modeled very favorably on some of my stats. It looks like he's good to go, though. He was dealing with a little bit of a back and a, and a neck issue. But uh, Hideki Matsuyama is another one of those guys that I think was was dealing with a little bit of injuries. That's why you see such a big price for him. So I went against Spieth. Uh, also took Shane Lowry. I almost made my outright card. Plus 109 over Keith Mitchell. Harris English minus 105 over Kurt Kitayama. That's kind of something I like to do that works more often than not is fade the guy that won the week before. And Harris English was right there to, to win the darn thing last week. Tom Hoagie minus 125 over Taylor Montgomery. Hoagie just has really good approach and ball striking stats. And then Matt Kuchar minus 130, who I'm going to use in placement markets over Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. Matt Kuchar, very good on Pete Dyes. I think I would be surprised if like he's a top 20 or borderline top 10 guy, but play him in your top 20s and your top 40s this week. You might be talking me into one there, uh, Wes, because Kucher was popping on a couple things I was looking at too, and I didn't make a bet on him. Yeah, yeah, I, might be talking me. Into I, I think those placement markets might be the way to go. I almost used him. I, I think yeah. I saw him somewhere at two hundred one. Matt Kucher, you know, he's never really up there a lot anymore, but he's always consistent. Played great at Riviera a few weeks ago. Kelly, um, I can tell you I'm on another one of Wes's guys, and so we will see if you are as well. We might have a couple of pod plays this week. We'll see how Nope. No, but nope. No. no more pod plays. No, no pod plays. All right. All right. Let's get that outright card, my friend. I only got two more outrights. Yeah. Um, Max Homa, I went back to. You know, people can say I'm crazy. Whatever. I'm going back to him. 22 to 1. Here's, here's You're the crazy thing. in my opinion, my friend. Man, there we that's go. a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big, You know, we talked about him at the end of last week. I mean, look, what what do you want from the guy? He finished 14th. He finished first in approach, I think, last uh, in the entire field last week. We're talking about how important it is again this week. Um, okay, the, the putter went off the rails a bit on it, uh, for him last week. Fine. I'll go right back to him. So I have an outright bet on him there. Uh, my only other outright was Terrell Hatton. Uh, I, I am on him this week. Uh, this one was more of a – we talked about him popping in the model, but I really the outright number – was I struggled with a lot. Look, there's a lot of guys I like this week, but I hated their outright numbers. So I, I stayed away, yeah. played them in other, other ways. I'll look to get in on them live. Gerald Hatton was one of the ones at 35 to one. I even saw a 40 later um, where I thought his number was a little off from his, from his heart, uh, at least how high I have him rated. So I did play him 35 to one top twenties. I've got four big bets here. Uh, Patrick can't lay it even money. Jason day plus one twenty five. Max Homa plus 130 and Keegan Bradley plus 185. I did not go outright on my boy Keegs because I just couldn't bring myself to fire on like a 40 to one on Keegan Bradley, which it is amazing how short he's getting. Jason Day, too. I love him, but I just went big bets on top 20s on those guys. Um, maybe I'll get in live. I don't know. I'm going to be very, very upset, obviously, if Keegan Bradley wins this thing and I don't have a piece of him out, right? Uh, <laughs> tournament matchups. I did play Day over Fitzpatrick. Uh, Wes, you kind of hit on Fitzpatrick a bit there. Uh, obviously, Jason Day, a guy I'm targeting heavily here as well. Chris Kirk uh, played him minus 120 over Adam Scott uh, and Wyndham Clark doing this doing this Wyndham Clark journey one more time. He's been cashing a couple tickets here for me over the past few weeks. Minus 110 over Denny McCarthy in a tournament matchup. Uh, 
Shout out back to the primetime action draft days for this one, Matt, and I did bet it. John Rom, top continental European, plus 115. There you uh, go. Basically, Hov- it's basically competing with Hovland and not many other guys. So I was like, all right, plus 115. I'll take that uh, essentially in a matchup with Vic Hovland. Uh, and the two first-round leader bets I have put in so far are Patrick Cantlay and Jason Day, 33-1 to 1 and 45-1, to 1, uh, mainly just because I didn't think I was going to see numbers that good again on those two. So this is fairly interesting. We, we, we're we all kind of there, – there's a lot of similarities here, but not necessarily all the same. We mentioned we already have the pod play here, Patrick Cantlay. I also have a first-round leader on Patrick Cantlay. He is one yeah. of the first guys off on Thursday, and so I am uh, – I'm going to put in a first-round leader bet – on him as well. I have Max Homa uh, for everything you just said. Listen, the the guy we talked about a little bit yesterday on the pod, I, I believe this. I think that he is very shortly going to be in the same breath with all of these guys that we talk about at the top. Like, I mean, if you look at his, it, it, I don't have to sell you guys on it or anything, but I mean, if you just look at, at what Max Homa has been doing, this is just... It, there's there's no arguing really right anymore about about Max Homa and and the results that he's putting up and the other thing about it that makes it so interesting with with Max Homa so like let's just go to last week fellas he t14s in a loaded loaded ridiculous field t14s minus 1.77 around the green minus 2.91 putting and minus 4.68 short game yep the week before he gained 11 strokes in his short game. The, the week before that, he gained 4.59. The week before that, he gained 5.9. Like, this is, a, this is a strength of his game that he just didn't have last week and was still able to pull a T14 exactly. despite yep. not having that. And, and look, there is a strategy here that I have with a few different players, so I'll go ahead and just talk about it now because Max Homa is one of those guys. Max Homa, Jason Day, Keegan Bradley all go off in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. There are some very big-name golfers that go off early. And so we only have one option here because Boyd is the only book that that does the the updated outrights throughout the course of the tournament. But you guys out there, DraftKings does it for sure. I know this as a fact. All the other books, I'm sure, do it as well. So what can happen is, is if one of these guys in this early wave goes, goes really low, the afternoon guys' outright prices will drift. And so I am going to pray that some of these early guys who, again, are teeing off in absolutely fantastic conditions. And we have some real class players that are going early in this tournament. I already mentioned Cantlay, who tees off early. We have some other guys that certainly can go low. That are, I mean, Finau is early. Corey Connors is early. Tom Kim, who you know I'm on as well from an outright perspective, is early. Morikawa is early. Rahm and Scheffler and Rory are all early. So these are all guys that can post low numbers early on Thursday and hopefully drive a Jason day price from that 28th for me to a 35, maybe drive a Keegan price from, you know, 45 to 50, 55, something like that. And that is what I'm banking on with one of those, but Homa also goes late. And while I'm already in on him, I am willing to come back in. If I get a better number on, on him as well, uh, it should, should that play out? Now, listen, that's kind of rolling the dice and, you know, it's almost as like if we're it. gambling here, guys. You know, it's almost as almost. if we're gambling, yeah. you know. Almost. But, uh, yeah, it's almost as if we're gambling. That is rolling the dice that that is going to happen. That's how I'm going about that. I'm, uh, I'm on Tom Kim as well, Wes. You mentioned everything. Look, I can't deny the, the, the stuff here for him, especially on these short courses. This should not affect him near as much. And so love him a ton. I can't believe you're not on your boy Killer Keith, and I am. Keith Mitchell for me, um, also a first round leader for Keith Mitchell. He goes off yeah. early on uh, on Thursday, but Keith Mitchell, I, guys, his total driving is 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 something of legend right now. I mean, like he is hitting he is hitting it long and straight, and like like I said, not having distance is not necessarily one of the things where I think it's a a necessity this week, but it sure as hell helps. And if he's yeah, hitting it long and straight then I think there could be a pretty d- nice little distinct advantage there for Keith Mitchell. So I do have him outright. And then I have two bombs. And now these are just smaller plays. But again, if, if these guys can just work themselves into some sort of position where I then can can make some money down the line, I like that. Uh, Wes is a guy that you mentioned when you were talking about DP World Tour guys. I have a Ryan Fox outright 
um, he was popping very highly in in the models, uh, certainly over on, on, on Rick Rungood's site, where you take in all of the, the rest of the world uh, statistics as well. Was able to get a big fat, you know, number on him, um, 225 to one. So that is, you know, I, I'll take that on a guy that I think is a pretty class player. And, and you know, could he could he run on the right side of variance? I think that there's that. And then uh, also a big number on Aaron Rye as well. And that was just mainly, this was me being a slave to the numbers here, but he was in the side, he was inside the top 2025 on every version of every model that I ran, but he was 300 to one in the outright market. And so look, you know, when a guy is constantly showing up top 20, top 25, and I get 300 to one on him, then I will go ahead and play that. Cause again, it's my model does not agree with the number that's, that's attached to him. So uh, that's where I am on the outright markets. Um, and then top 10s on Jason Day, Keegan Bradley, top 20 on Wyndham Clark. And I also had Day over Fitzpatrick as well, just like Kelly did. Like I said, there will be an in-game strategy for me starting on Thursday with Homa, with Day, and with Keegan about trying to get in on a better outright price on those guys should there be a low score get posted uh, with that morning group out there. So hopefully we can get that in there as well. I love that strategy because that was I really the only reason I don't have Day or Keegan Bradley outrights on my card yet is just the numbers. I, I just the numbers were too short for me to get to get, get there on an outright. But you're right, Matt. That could be a simple just wait for a bit and then get and then get in on it then. And to your point, I didn't do anything with Keith Mitchell this week, but I do have him circled that on my first round leader card here to, uh for Thursday. Yeah, so he is one of those guys that does go off early. He has the 723 AM tea time out there so uh keith mitchell one of those guys that i think anyway as we are recording this on a tuesday is going to have one of the more favorable weather conditions and so i uh, did want to at least get in on him a guy that can certainly go low we've seen it happen on multiple occasions all right wes who is your one and done play of the week my friend yeah this this is always kind of tricky because you know like you were saying earlier you don't want to go necessarily too deep down, you know, down the yeah. board. You don't want to get kind of a uh, too crazy here and I'm not going to, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. Mm-hmm. Same so, for me. So it has to be for me as well, because yeah. I've already used, I've already used Rory. Um, I have already used uh, Rom in two of the three that I'm in. And then I have already used uh, Rory, uh, uh, Scheffler in two of the three that I'm in. And so for me, uh, I am very, very high on Cantlay. I'm not saying that he has the same win equity as those three guys. That's not where I'm going with this. If you guys have those guys available, I would never talk you off of playing any one of those three guys at all. Like I, yeah. I, I think for sure, I just don't have them available in all of mine. I do have Cantlay available and that is, it's kind of a miniature zig when I think everyone is going to be zagging like I, I'm sure there'll be some people on Cantlay um, but if I look at the big three I think they soak up a good bit of the ownership of anything that people haven't played yet if you haven't played Rory they're going to play Rory if they hadn't played Rom they're going to play Rom if they hadn't played Scheffler they're going to play Scheffler so uh, getting a guy that I think has a a pretty decent a pretty decent floor and we know that the we know what the ceiling is and the ceiling's winning. So um, that's kind of where I am as well. So weird. We have another pot play then. There it is. Yeah. The, uh, the one and done this week going to be on Patrick Cantlay guys. Uh, again, all of our plays, you can also find if this was a little bit too hard to, uh, to write down and whatever you can go. Of course you can go back and re-listen, but you can find them in a written form over on Beeson.com. We have the, uh, we have all of our, our pro picks on there. So be sure and go in. If you're not a subscriber already, free trial is available. Wes's write up is also over there on vison.com. And again, this podcast, absolutely free. So all we ask of you, which is also free, hit the pause button, go down, give us five stars. And then if you can't, if you have an extra five seconds, just put in like a, Hey, these guys are good or something, or Hey, I like Kelly's sweet beard, even though you can't see it, yeah. it's audio. It would you know, look even better though. Like something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah whatever it might be. <laughs> Just uh, a, a nice little comment as well helps us climb the the charts, and so we do appreciate the support from you guys out there. Look, we have been we've been on it um, so far this year. It's been a, a a brutal two weeks with Cole not getting home at one twenty five, and then of course last week having having Vic, and then also having Hatton up there, and then and Wes having Rory. It's been a been a brutal couple of weeks here. So hopefully we get on the right side of variance instead of the wrong side of variance when we hit it this time. For Wes, for Kelly, I'm Matt. Good luck on all your bets at the players. Thank you.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.